Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. If you will stand to your feet and worship with us this morning. Hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Good and your mercy endureth forever. Sing, 
Lord, you. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you, Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation. People from every nation and tongue. From generation to generation, we worship you.
for the great good. Hallelujah. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the
Come on, let's continue to worship the Lord this morning. Oh, hallelujah. We worship you in this place this morning, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. You have won the victory, Lord. Death could not hold you down. You are the reason, King. 
We love you, Jesus. Oh, we glorify your name this morning, oh God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we praise your name. We praise your name. Hallelujah. That's all right. Let's just take a few more seconds just to worship the Lord this morning. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, God, we give you the glory this morning, oh, God. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Let's just praise him this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just worship in the Lord this morning. Let's just worship him. He's worthy to be praised. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We praise your name this morning. Glory be to your name, oh God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. We praise you. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated if you can. Hallelujah. Oh, Father God, we thank you, Lord. Well, we greet everyone this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible said there is no other name given on the heaven among men whereby we must be saved. But by that name, Jesus. And we're here to praise him and worship him. Amen. Another beautiful scripture said, in everything, give thanks. Another beautiful scripture said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Another beautiful scripture said, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. Amen. We greet you. We're so glad to have everyone in the, the house of God this morning. Our online congregation, we greet you all this morning. We pray that wherever you are worshiping God this morning, the presence of God is moving upon you where you are this morning. And there's no doubt because when I'm home and I'm not here worshiping God, I can feel the presence of God wherever I am. You know, the scriptures are where the two or three are gathered together, touching anything concerning this. Is there to uh, bless. Is in our midst this morning. Whatever you want this morning. Whatever it, that there is that you're seeking for this morning. You can only achieve that through the presence of God if you please. Amen. We, amen. God is so good. Amen. You know, I, I, I'm looking over the congregation this morning. And uh, this morning over 9 a.m. service. You know, I, I, I wanted to commend all, all our elders that are, are in the house of God this morning. And I, I meant to do it this morning, our 9 a.m. service, but it slipped me. Um, you know, I, I, I look back in our, in our churches and even back home when I was in uh, Jamaica worshiping. And I seen the elders that has been in uh, the church worshiping and praising God. And, and I look up to them and said, you know, they are the stronghold, you know. They are the fundamental. They are the foundation in the church. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we, we need to be there for our elders. We need to support our elders uh, because we want what they have passed on and us as, us as the, the, the younger generation growing up. 
and 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 when we when we um you know get into those positions then we're looking on on the the other generation that are coming up and we want what we have passed down we want to pass our legacy on to the next generation that if the lord take us out of here you know there will be someone that you know have a desire a burden that want to carry out the message of god that there is only one god there is only one faith there is only one baptism and the only way that we can make it into heaven is by serving the god that we worship in and, and if we don't have our strong bones if we don't have our pastors uh, our leaders that, that, that stand for what we believe and, 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 and uh, bring out this message. You know, you, you see what's going on in our world today. Uh, and we want people that are sold out and ready to serve God and want to serve God. You know, in your prayers, remember to keep the people of Haiti in our prayers. You know, they, they've been going through a lot, you know, this probably a day or two. You know, they had a, a earthquake. I think it was 7.2. Um, that's a very strong earthquake. I think uh, the casualty count was over 300 at the last time I heard. You know, so, you know, these uh, small islands, you know, where we're in. Um, you know, you know, pastor was preaching this morning in our 9 a.m. service. And, um, you know, I want to touch on something that he briefly touched on. But I don't want to get into it because um, I'm not sure if you have that concept that you want to talk, uh, preach about this morning. But, uh, you know, I'm saying, you know, the time that we're living in, you know, there, there's so many things that are happening. The Bible talk about wars and rumors of wars. Um, the Bible talk about earthquakes in diverse places. And, you know, we see, you know, the fire that's going on in our world today. And that's one of the things that I wanted to mention because, you know, Pastor made mention about, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's okay, Pastor. Uh, hopefully you don't mind. But he made mention about the, the rainbow where God promised he won't destroy the world again with water. And the song we sung, you know, many times, you know, we sing it, an old song. You know, we see all the devastation that's going on in the world today with the fire that's going on. Some you know are man-made some are just natural you know because we're living in the end time and you know we need to make sure we are ready to meet our maker if it's water we can see the devastation that the water bring and if it's fire you know it's going to take everything down so brother tom come on everybody <laughs> no it's right Good morning, church. Good morning, Brother Brantley. <laughs> I'd like to give one more virtual shout-out. Um, as we have been getting started with um, some of the things we're doing uh, towards our building fund, we've got two people who've been making a contribution from Florida. So, uh, Brother Joe and, and Sister Barbara, um, just want to let you know your efforts are, are being noted here. Thank you very much for being involved. Um, this past Friday, um, Sister Cole was here in this pulpit teaching Straight Talk 2. Pastor, Pastor Wyatt called it a steak fest. I was talking with uh, Sister Cole yesterday, and she was telling me that at uh, home at her church, um, she primarily is uh, doing the teaching there. We're so grateful to have her here to do the same. 
I want to read something that uh, Sister um, Hasker sent to me. Um, we have an event coming up this coming Saturday for the youth. Move the Mission, formerly known as She's for Christ, is here. For those who are unfamiliar with MTM, it's the fundraising ministry of the youth ministries of the United Pentecostal Church International. Since its inception in 1953, over 134 million has been raised to fund missions and ministries around the world. We want to continue to move the mission, spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you have a youth who would like to attend the kickoff event in Secaucus, New Jersey, please contact Brother or Sister Hasker by tomorrow. The hope is, is that uh, all of those who want to go up, all the kids that want to go up, will be able to ride along, uh, rent a van. So please get a, a hold of them. Um, I shared this morning at the, the 9 o'clock service something that I learned recently when our um, missionary from Bolivia came, that one of the things that She's for Christ Move the Mission does, I wondered why they changed the, the name to Move the Mission, is that they fund the cars that the missionaries use overseas. That helps them to move around and be able to go and do what they do. And I just thought that was such a neat way for the kids to make a contribution to the gospel being spread. Um, the following weekend on Saturday the 28th, uh, the men of uh, North Central Jersey District will gather in Staten Island. It will be from 11 to 1. I'll, uh, Brother Darrell or myself will send out a, a text here with uh, the specific information here shortly. On the same day, um, that later on in the day, leadership will gather for a special meeting here in the sanctuary, and of course, there'll be a corporate prayer. Big day on the 28th. Uh, the next prayer breakfast will be on Saturday the 4th. Um, uh, we've been having leadership teaching to follow um, the, uh, the prayer breakfast, and hopefully that will continue. And then, as I said uh, this morning at 9 o'clock, as I was doing our announcements today, I was just was like, all right, Labor Day is the next weekend and so we're almost in September. Have a great day. Amen. Praise the Lord everybody one more time. Come on give the Lord another round of applause. Hallelujah. Amen. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. We're getting close to the time and everyone know what the time is. All right, all right. Some people catch the vision, some people catch on. But I'm glad it's offering time. Amen, amen. It's offering time. This is one of the time, the type of the service, or one of the part of the service, in other words, um, where you know you get your blessing. You know, we give back a, a portion of the blessing that we received during the course of the week or whatever. Um, you know, the the the, the tradition is, uh, you know, if you if you earn. You know, $100 for the week, you give 10%. But so check this out. So, um, you know, years ago, you know, I've been, um, you know, given uh, my offering, Pastor. And um, um, my, my, my accountant, I don't want to get too much in that because I want to leave that sermon for another time. But um, I, I was given, and Sister Cole, I've been given my offering, you know, faithfully. And, um, you know, I try my best that whenever... If I get any money in the course of the week, not to use anything out of it. You know, I'm talking about cash, that is. So I'll get my little stash of cash here and there, you know. And I, I'll, you know, keep it until the end of the week. And I, I'll need something. I need gas or something. And I try to use my cash to buy gas. And I'm like, ah, I can't touch the cash because I haven't paid my offering on it yet. 
you, you know, so I, I feel guilty if I if I um, try to, you know, take money out of that to do other things, and God doesn't get his first first fruit. And I, 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 and I, I said, you know, I, I don't want to feel condemned, so I, I let it ride for a long time, long time, and I'm still doing up to, to this day. That I get my little cash, and I put it aside in the end of the week. Um, I paid my tithes. I mean, after I finish play, I make sure my tithes get in. And then I start to spend that money. Because now that's when I'm going to get more blessing, if you please. You know, so, you know, when, when, when you see God first and put everything first in your doing, your money, your time, oh, my God, you'll be surprised. Use the word surprise. You'll be amazed to see the way God bless you. And God is in the blessing business that if you put him first in everything that you do, he will bless you more than you can imagine or think. So give unto the Lord. Be a blessing. You know we're trying to raise 1.7 million, you know, plus. Thank you for the echo. For the echo. <laughs> so, so, but, but, you know, truly, you know, um, we want to pray in the, in the prayer, continue to pray that God will open that door for us for the church building. You know, we've been praying and we've been seeking and we're asking God to have his will and make his will be done. But, you know, we need the money. We need funding to make sure when that door is open up, we can able to say, you know, we, we already thanking the Lord for what he's doing. So if you have a little extra stash away, you know, a little extra cash that stash away, and you want to add it to the building fund, that's all right. You know, if it's... You know, if you want to save it to go up to at least, uh, you know, a thousand dollars, half a million dollars, whatever the case is, whatever small you have, you know, even if it's a dollar, we'll take it, you know, because it's going towards the building fund. Amen. So give unto the Lord. We want to get to the time where, you know, we'll have one service, have everybody, all the families and friends, everybody just get together. We don't have to worry about two services, just one service where we can praise and magnify the Lord together. Amen. Amen. So give unto the Lord this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet if you can. I mean, there are three ways you can give. Uh, we have the www.myccc.faith. That's one way we have PayPal at Christ Center Church. And we have the Cash App, uh, which is the dollar sign 2711. If you want to pay electronically, you can see Sister Patrice. And we have the offering basket, two in the front and one in the middle. Make the convenience uh, convenient for you. So give unto the Lord this morning. Be a blessing unto the Lord. Amen. Bow your heads with us this morning. Father God, we love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor because you're worthy to be praised. We thank you for your blessing, O oh God, spiritually and financially, Lord God. Physically and emotionally, we thank you, Lord God. You truly been good to us, O oh God. You've been our provider and our keeper, Lord God. As, I, as we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask your blessing upon every givers, those who have to give and those who have not likewise. Make a way so they too can be a blessing. Bless us and keep us, O oh God. We ask you to continue to open up the door for us for the church building, that you will make ways and open up doors like never before. Oh God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. We worship you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Amen. Bring your tithes and offering unto the Lord in Jesus' name.
Come on, give the Lord praise. Come on, let's thank the Lord this morning for his goodness. Let's thank him for his mercy. God is great and greatly to be praised. Lord, we love you. We're grateful. We're thankful. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that's within me. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. It is just so wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. I am excited. Oh, I'm excited. I thank God for just allowing us one more time to come together. I look forward to, I appreciate the privilege and the opportunity to come together and worship and magnify the Lord together. Amen. We welcome all of you to Christ-centered church where Christ is our central focus. So that's who it's about. It's all about him. Amen. And we're grateful to be called the children of God. Amen. Sister Tanya, good to see you. I'm glad to see Tanya this morning. Tanya's in the house of the Lord. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm glad to see each and every one of you that have come out this morning to worship and praise the Lord. God is just doing some great things in this hour. And if we will just stick with him, if we will just stick with the Lord, amen, through the good and the bad times. He don't have good times or bad times. We might consider some of the situation good or bad times. But the Lord don't have no good or bad. (laughs) When you're all knowing, you don't have good times or bad times. Amen. But stick with the Lord. He's got some great things in store for you. And he will not disappoint. I look forward to all that the Lord have in store for us. Amen. Looking forward to that day. You know, Brother Scarlett, you said something this morning, and I know I know how the Lord work, and I started cringing after a while. I started thinking about it. Here's what he said. He said, well, can't wait to get, you know, our new building so we can go back to one service. And I cringed because I know the Lord. I know him. <laughs> I know. I know him, and I just, I just, a cold sweat wash over me. Because I know what that means. And you know what that means for you that don't know him like I know him? Eventually we'll get the two service at the new building too. Just like, oh Lord. (laughs) Woo! That's just how God is. He will always, he would just always outdo you. And what you can even think, you you know, he says, he, he goes above whatever we can ask or think. And so here we are looking forward to our new building one day and one service. Let's see how long that one service lasts. <laughs> oh, God, I'm not messing with Jesus. We're here to serve you, Lord, whatever you want. You know, one service, two service, three services, whatever you want. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> What are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is what it's all about. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget that what this means is we are living for the Lord. So one day we can spend eternity with him. But on top of it, while we're doing it, he is using us to influence and help others, too. So if we do it real good. Yeah, it won't just be us. It won't just be a handful of us. It's going to be so many of us that we're going to be like, oh, my goodness. And I'm, I'm laughing at you, Shauna, and you, Rosalie, 
because the Lord is just giving me stuff now. <laughs> so when service, you know, when you come to the building, the new building, and we just start expanding like crazy, you'll be over way across the way teaching some class. You'll be over all the way over so teaching some class. And by the time church over, you finally get to get like, woo, that was some day. And you're just seeing each other. You, you came together, but you don't see each other till like way after service because so much going on. So <laughs> y'all can laugh right now. The joke will be on all you all when we get our place. Because I know the Lord, he just do these kind of things. My goodness. All right, Jesus. Uh, okay, got you. Whatever you want. <laughs> Woo. So I need to mention something, though. So, again, I'm still devastated that I missed the church picnic. It's still... Now, now that's, that's kind of sad in a way because, you know, I, I had to preach my father's funeral. So, you know, that, that I should be okay understanding what I did. And I, I guess I'm okay. I, I, I did what I figure was the best thing to do. All right, so I did that. But, but I still miss the picnic, and I miss so many faces at the picnic, and I wanted to be there so I can see so many faces and just, to, you know, love on you and just, you know, have conversations. And so I didn't. I did see videos of all of you. <laughs> I saw pictures of all of you. And so that really did me well. But I got a message that I need to address. I got a message. And so one of our just great, great, you know, member of this church um, pulled somebody to the side and says, hey, sis, I noticed when pastor Sometimes he's up there, you know, doing his thing. I notice he make mention of my wife a whole lot. But he never said anything about me. What's going on with that? And so as soon as Sister Scarlett told me, he said that he was right. And so Brother Wood, praise the Lord. (laughs) Brother Wood. It's so good to have you this morning. We're happier with us. So the story goes, Sister Wood, get on. And, you know, she's interacting. Praise the Lord, I'm on. And, you know, she's all doing her greeting thing. Brother Wood, get on. And he do Brother Wood. He just get on and that's it. You know, he's just doing his thing, taking it in the way he take it in. And his wife taking it in the way she take it in. So by him not saying anything, unfortunately, we didn't, you know, respond and, you know, said anything. So, Brother Wood, I'm on your side, just like I'm on Paul Brantley's side. And I remember when I was telling Paul Brantley, you my man, you know, his wife, Deborah Brantley said, what am I, chopped liver here? So, so you all just got to tell me who I'm leaving out so I can make, make sure nobody, we don't have no issues going on in the household. Because, you know, we don't don't want issues in the household. And Brother Wood was a little salty that his wife was getting shout-outs, and he wasn't getting any shout-outs. So, Brother Wood, you get the shout-out this morning officially. So we're grateful and thank you. And you're one of the pictures I saw um, at the picnic, so I was glad to see you there. I wish I was there just to greet you and say hello. But we're so glad that you're a part of this church and so glad that you... Um, are joining us via live stream. So keep on doing your thing, my brother. Appreciate you. Amen. If you will, stand with me. Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. We're going to go down a road this morning that we don't go down very often. 
but it's necessary that we go down this road. <laughs> yeah, we got to go down this road. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You need to, um, if you didn't get a chance, you need to listen to Thursday's Bible study. We're going somewhere with Thursdays. You don't want to miss Thursdays. And I entitled our theme for Thursdays, Healthy Life. Healthy Life. And when you're talking about healthy life, you're not just talking about one portion of your life being healthy. You're, you're talking about your entire life. But we start with spiritual, emotional, and mental. You know, maybe probably the last lesson we'll get to the physical because, you know, um, that one is important, but it's not as important as the spiritual, the mental, and the emotional. So we've been dealing with healthy life, spiritual, mental, and emotional. And we touched on it a little bit, a little introduction this past Thursday, and we got into it a little bit more. This Thursday, we'll get into it some more again, and we'll just keep on going. You don't want to miss it. It's great teaching that will help you. And uh, it's helping me because I'm studying to teach you. And as I study, I learn as well. And even when I'm ministering to you, the Lord brings things to my understanding and to my mind. So it's been a blessing, uh, even in my conversations. Amen. Um, um, Just all that I've been studying and reading is just percolating in my heart. So Thursday, um, come again. Um, Come and be here. I don't want to go down that road right now because that's a whole different sermon. That's a whole different teaching. But please come on Thursdays. You want to come on Thursdays. It's you know nice and comfortable. You know, if you don't want to get dressed up, you don't have to get dressed up. But come on Thursdays if you can and hear the teaching of the Word of God. You're going to get help, and that's what I I I, I feel strongly that we need. We need spiritual, mental, and emotional strength, healing, and wholeness. And um, that's a challenge because um, if we're honest with ourselves, there's so much chatter about so many different things that even Christians are uncertain about what to do and what not to do. And so if you come on Thursdays, you will learn a whole lot about foundational things to understand where God is working from. And so you will have better understanding and you will become healthy if you're sick. <laughs> we ended uh, Thursday's message that if, if you are sick, then you can be healed. And if you have rejected God's teaching, then you need to repent. <laughs> Genesis chapter 11. Again, welcome all to Christ Center Church and our live streamers, our online congregation. Welcome. We're so glad that you have joined us. Amen. The word of God says in Genesis chapter 11, verse number one, and the whole earth was of one language. Somebody say one language and of one speech, say one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed. I like that word journey because life is about a journey. Mm -hmm, It is from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. 
and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men build. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of the earth, all the earth, and they left off to build the city. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic. There's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to heaven. We read here that these people were building a tower that would reach unto heaven. They were making their way. But there's only one way to heaven. Not two, not three, not five. There's only one way. Lord Jesus, we want you to do just what you want in this place. We open our heart to you. We yield ourselves to your instructions, to your direction. I pray faith, Lord God, will increase. And that the will and the power of God will be revealed in this place. Father, we don't want to leave this place without you touching us. Without you speaking to us. Without our lives being impacted by your presence, by your word. We want to experience you. For those, Lord God, that have joined us via live stream, I pray that the power of God will come upon them in such a powerful way that, Lord, they will be consumed, overwhelmed, and overshadowed by your spirit, and that, oh God, they will experience their miracle right where they are, Lord God, that today strongholds, almighty God, will be loosed, chains will be broken, oh God, the captives will be free, oh God, that are bound, and I pray pray that Lord Jesus you will rain down from heaven upon us and that your will be done in our lives we pray for your anointing to flow freely upon me Lord and that you will use me as your oracle to rightly divide the word of truth we pray and ask you these things in Jesus name somebody say amen Amen. thank you Lord you may be seated there is only one way to heaven there's only one way to heaven God commanded the people to be fruitful and multiply and to scatter across the earth, but they decide to move to Nimrod City, city of Babylon, and settle there. Mm -hmm. This move was blatant disregard, outright rebellion to God's command that the people should scatter. Babel was the beginning of that evil nation, Babylon. I want to point out to you this morning 
that Babylon is all about man's ability. Babylon is all about the kingdom of man, not the kingdom of God. Babylon is all about man's wisdom, man's pride, and man's disregard and rebellion against God. And so where you see man's pride, where you see man's ability, where you see man disregard and rebellion against God, where you see man's wisdom, you ought to say, now that is what Babylon looks like. Man has a tendency for trusting their own deceiving heart over the knowledge and the word of God. We have become accustomed to whatever the heart tells you to do, you follow. And the Bible calls the heart evil and deceitful and wicked. So if we pursue what the heart tells us to do, we're going to end up failures. I just got to do what I got to do. Says who? Says who? When we say, I just got to do what I got to do, ask yourself, says who, you or God? There's many times I felt like I just had to do what I got to do. And then the word of God came to my mind. And I says, oh, Lord. Don't trust your deceiving heart over the word of God over the knowledge of God because you will fail every single time. The people decided to build a city, a tower that will reach unto heaven. But something was, something striked me about that. Why? Why would they do something like that? Why would they build a a tower that could reach into heaven. Why would they even try to do that? Because if you read earlier in the text a few chapters over, this was the account of when the flood had flooded the the whole earth and destroyed the whole earth. And when it destroyed the whole earth and everything was starting over brand new again, the ark landed. Noah came out with his family. The animals came out with their family and they built an altar and worship the Lord. And so now what the Lord said to them was be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Because guess what? There was nobody here anymore because it was all destroyed. And so God had a plan. And God's plan was to repopulate. God's plan was to fill the whole earth But they decided, we're going to build this tower to go up. Not only did God tell them to do that, God promised them, I will not destroy the earth by flood again. So they knew, well, they were told by God that he would not destroy 
the earth anymore by flooding the whole earth. And as a matter of fact, he went into covenant with them about that. I mentioned this morning, that's the reason for the rainbow in case some of you don't know that. The rainbow that we see, whenever we see it, is a reminder of God's covenant with man that he will not destroy the earth by flood. Unfortunately, we have been using the rainbow for other things. Listen, I don't take shots at anybody because I'm not into that. What I am is an educator to people so they can know God. And so what I just try to mention is this. Know why things are the way they are and figure out what you must do that God want you to do. And so when we follow things, we got to ask ourselves, where did that come from? Did that come from God or that came from man? And that's what I want you to think about for what I just said. What we are doing, is it from God? Is it of God or is it of man? Because when it's of man, it's going to fail. I don't care how successful it looks right now. I don't care how good it seems right now. If it's orchestrated by you, with your wisdom, with your intellect, with your power, with your strength, with your knowledge, at some point, it will fail. But if you're doing it from the position of God's instruction, if you're doing it from the position of what God said, then you know it will not fail. So we need to learn what God says. We need to learn what God is doing. We need to learn what God has commanded us to do. We need to learn what our purpose is in God and do those things because everything else we do outside of God will fail. And so these people decide, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's build this tower that reaches into heaven. So, man, if a flood ever come again, we got this. That's how we think. Man, what's wrong with us? We don't, we don't do a good job of learning from other people's mistake. As a matter of fact, here's what we do, Rosalie. You're young, Rosalie. Don't do this. Just leave me alone and make, let me make my own mistakes. Young people kill that all day, every day. Can I make my mistakes? Didn't you make mistakes? Let me make my mistakes. They kill that. And I'm looking, shaking my head and says, I made mistakes out of ignorance. I made my mistakes out of not knowing. You got me that made those mistakes and are telling you I made them so you don't make them. So instead of you learn from other people's mistake, you're trying to learn from your own mistake. Because here is, here is, here is, here is revelation. If you don't, if you learn from your own mistake, you will never go any further than me. Oh, come on, Jesus. You can't go any further than me because you're doing the same thing I did. So how do you get any further? But if you can learn from me, you will always go further than me. 
because you will overstep some of the some of some of the potholes that I fell into, some of the pits that I fell into. You will step on some of the landmines. You will go over them because you'll say, "Ooh, I remember Dad said that. I remember Pastor said that. Let me do this." So you'll be so much further ahead. But if I leave you and let you do whatever you want, you're gonna end up either the same place I'm at or worse off than me. Take that. Take that, young people. Take that, young people. So don't tell people, leave me alone, let me make my own mistakes. No, learn from other people's mistakes so you don't make the same mistakes. God told them, I'm not going to flood this place anymore and destroy it. But they still think they're smarter than everybody else. I don't care what God said. I'm building this tower because God might be saying that, but he still probably rain down one day when he get mad. So let's build this tower. So when he get mad and rain down, we still good to go. The people decided to build a city and a tower that would reach unto heaven. But that was never the way God intended for man to reach into heaven. God never intended for man to build some tower that will go all the way up to heaven so man can get up to God that way. That was never God's intent. That was man's thought. Isaiah 55 and 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For all, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is very important. This is something that we quote all the time, but we better realize how significant this text is because the bottom line is the way you think, the way you do things is not the way God does things. So we might as well stop every time we're going to do something and ask ourselves, is this the way God says it needs to be done or is it just the way I feel? Is it just the way I've been taught? Is it just the way my heart is showing me? Or is it the way of God? Don't despise God. Don't be mad at God because he's not in agreement with the way you like to do things. Don't turn your back on God. Don't reject God because he's not in agreement the way you like to do things. Did, would you want your children to turn their back on you? Because they don't like the way you do things. And I find that there are some people that, that, that they don't want to live for God because they have an issue with the way God does things differently from the way they want to do things. And, and, and so they hear God's word preached or they read the word of God and they don't say it, but in, within themselves, they're like, man, that's ridiculous. And man, you know, why can't I do this? And they get frustrated. And they kind of don't want to give the Lord the opportunity to work in their life because his ways are not in agreement with their ways. And they walk away. But I will say it again. Would you like for your children to do that to you? Were you in agreement with your children all the time? Or were your children in agreement with you all the time? And I know if you're a half-decent parent, you were not, your children were not always in agreement with you. So why do you think you should be in agreement with God all the time? Or God should be in agreement with you? 
His ways, not like ours. His thoughts, not like ours. An attempt to build this tower that would reach into heaven, it revealed three things about these people. And those three things we're still dealing with today. What's those three things, preacher? It revealed that these people were self-reliant. It revealed that these people were self-preservationists. It revealed that these people were full of pride. Mm -hmm. They were self-reliant. They feel like they can preserve themselves. And they had pride. Mm -hmm. The loudest cry of today is help yourself because ain't nobody going to help you. <laughs> you, you, you see, that, that sounds good too. You better help yourself because who's going to help you? And your heavenly father is saying, what am I, chopped liver? What am I here for? What am I here for? Help yourself. Because nobody else is going to help you. And the almighty God is saying, oh, oh, I can't help. And we live our life with this model, with this thought. I got to do for me because ain't nobody else going to do for me. I beg to differ. When you find Jesus, you will think differently. When you give Jesus a try, you will think differently. It is thought that the man who trusts his own arm trusts a good servant. You know what that means? When you trust your ability, when you trust you, that's the best servant you can trust. Again, false, but that's what we think. If you want something done right, got to do it yourself. Okay, and the Lord is saying, what about me? I do all things good. I do all things perfect. What about me? Proverbs 3 and 5 says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Why are we at a place where we're relying on self? Instead of relying on God. Woo. God wants us to rely on him. God wants us to rely on him. Self-preservation is held to be the first law of nature. Every human, way down to a baby, everything, every human that have life, have this in them, self-preservation. I got to take care of myself. I got to protect myself. I got to make sure I'm good. Uh-huh. I got to make sure I defend myself. And if somebody come against me, I can't just let them take advantage of me. Second Chronicles 20 and 15 says, and he said, hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you. 
Be not afraid nor dismay by reason of their or uh, by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. So why do you think you got to fight somebody? Why do you think you got to come back at somebody? Why do you think somebody do you wrong? You got to do them wrong. Huh? Come on. You don't have to do them wrong. Got to do you wrong. The battle is not yours. If you're a child of God, the battle is the Lord's. And so when they do you wrong, you just say, God, I leave this in your hands because you said the battle is yours. It's not mine. And so I'm not going to battle with anybody. I'm not going to fight with anybody, Lord. I turn it over to you. Just tell me what I need to do, Lord, because this battle is not mine. It's yours. When are we going to do those kind of things? And stop feeling like we got to prove to other people and respond to other. I don't have to do anything. And initially, when you stand those grounds, it's going to look like you're losing. Again, the Lord does things so differently from us. So the Lord tells you the battle is not yours, but it's mine. And so you said, all right, Lord, the battle is yours. It's not mine. And, And you back off. And then guess what? It looked like the person who's coming against you is getting the best of you. And so now you, you start getting antsy. I got to do something because I, I, be st- I can't be letting this go. And I want to just whisper, I thought the battle is the Lord's. Why are you getting antsy? Because the, the Lord don't do like you do. His timing and, and how he does things is not the way you would do it. So let the Lord deal with the battle. Mm -hmm. the Lord said he will take care of you why are you worrying about oh you got to do to take care of you y'all don't understand I I only got me I got to take care of me the Bible tells me in Matthew 6 verse 30 wherefore if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven shall he not much more clothe you O ye of little faith therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed for after these things do the Gentiles seek you know what that means People that are not of God, people that are not godly, truly godly, that's what they do. They worry about all of their stuff. They worry about their job. They worry about what they should eat. They worry about what um, they need to go to the store and get it. They all over the place. They worry about everything. They're trying their best to get everything that they can. God says, Gentiles, unbelievers, that's how they think. For your heavenly father, If he's your father, for your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all these things. That's the same text that says, therefore, seek ye first the kingdom of God. See, what God is trying to tell you is when you are my children, you just keep focusing on my business and I will take care of all the stuff that you want. As a matter of fact, I will give you stuff you didn't even know you needed. I will give you stuff you didn't even know you want, but you got to put me first. You got to put my kingdom first. You got to serve me. And when you do that for me, I'll take care of you. I told him this morning that you have a choice, but, but, but here, here's the choice. 
You will either labor for yourself or you will eat labor for God. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you how you decide to order your life. Do you want to order your life by laboring for God or do you want to order your life by laboring for self? You see, I've watched it and see that when you labor for yourself, you are responsible to take care of all what self needs. When you labor for God, God says, I got you covered. Whatever you need, I've got you. And guess what? I'm the one that gives you strength when you need it. I'm the one that supplies what you need when you need it. I'm the one that will bring about a good ending for you. So you go ahead and serve me. I got your back. But when you do your own thing, you're going to get weary, you're going to get sick, you're going to get tired, you're going to get frustrated. Some of the things that you went and got is going to disappear because you just went and got it and God didn't get that for you. Uh huh. Let me go as far as tell you this, because some of you might not know this. When you put God first, the gifts and talents that he has given to you. It will take care of God's kingdom and it will take care of you at the same time. In case you missed it, let's just say God equipped you to be a writer. God will help you to write godly books and let them be bestsellers and you will make tons of money for that book being bestseller. You can become a millionaire with that book being bestseller, but guess what? You're teaching people the word of God. So when they read what you wrote, they're being edified. When you when they read what you wrote, their life is being changed. So when God gives you a gift and you use it for him, it will bless you and the kingdom. That's what God's plan is for your life, but you want to take God's gift and let it work just for you. <laughs> yes. Whatever the gift that God has given you, trust me, he gave you that gift originally for you to use it to help expand the kingdom of God. You didn't know that. All of your good intelligence all of your creativity, all of your sharp mind with money, all of what you got, whatever you can do and you think you're really good at it, it was for the kingdom. <laughs> That's what it was for. But God make it work for the kingdom and for you at the same time. Uh-huh. I remember when God first put me in this job that I'm in, been in this job 26 years and I remember when God first put me in the job I remember all of my promotions at my job came with every ministry that I did in church I was laughing I was just losing it I was losing it I remember when my job made me the trainer and in church I had became the leader of the outreach team, so I had to train them every week. I said, look at it. It just, it just kept going side by side. And I thought, so what I'm telling you this morning, I'm not making it up. I read the scriptures, and I've lived it, that God gives you gifts and talent. All of my gifts and talent that I'm using today, it's really been used for the kingdom of God. But somehow God has given me a job that has just worked perfectly with that job. Amen. I can't tell you how it lines up. It works. It works so perfect with the job that I do because I realized that the gifts and talent that God gave me was always for the kingdom. 
but God is so good to us that he give us what we need and it takes care of all of our needs. Let me move on. The other thing that we need to look at that building that tower calls for those men and we still deal with today, the third thing was pride. Mm -hmm. Pride. They not only wanted to build that city and tower to reach unto heaven, but guess what the scripture said? They wanted a name for themselves. Let us make us a name. I want to be recognized. Church, the quickest way for you to be recognized is by doing and being who God called you to be and do what God called you to do. If that's, if, if you're looking for recognition. You want to get recognized by the folks out in the world? It won't profit you anything. It will lead you to naught. Uh-huh. That make us a name thing, that has been the ruins of many people. People that set out to make a name for themselves. Uh-huh. Anything for name. Any price for renown. This stands to true pride which opposes faith. When you have pride working in you, faith is not working in you. Mm-hmm. One thing is clear. God is observant of all human plans. He knows our intentions. He overhears our secret conversations. <laughs> he allows us to build for a while. And in time of our rejoicing of Look at what I have done. Look what I have accomplished. That's when God comes down and just go like. <laughs> you, 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 ever, you ever build sandcastles on the, on the seashore? Just like it never happened. That's what he did with Babel. It just, it never happened. Babel never happened. He just, just kicked it over. <laughs> The error that those people made was thinking that they can have their own plan without God, that they can fulfill whatever they was trying to fulfill and do whatever they wanted to do without God. Church, I'm here to tell you today, there is nothing man will accomplish worth accomplishing that you can do without God. Whatever you're going to do and leave God out, it's only going to be for a while. It will be gone. It's only what we do for Christ. Uh, Listen, pride is not a good thing. Pride was introduced to us by Lucifer. And pride is not a good thing. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 and 18, pride goeth before destruction and a hearty spirit before a fall. When you start to have pride, destruction is coming. When you can't say sorry, destruction is coming. When you can't say I messed up, destruction is coming. When you think that you're smarter than everybody else, destruction is coming. Pride goeth before destruction. I'd rather humble myself and let you see me however you want to see me. Talk about me however you want to talk about me, but let me be in right relationship and right position with God because I don't want to be destroyed. And pride takes care of that. In Philippians 2 and 6, one of my favorite portions of scriptures, 
It says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, talking about Jesus Christ, but made himself of no reputation. When Jesus came, he did everything he could to deflect and not have any big, great reputation. He made himself of no reputation. And look what it says. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. God didn't come here with a crown on his head and a nice robe walking around. I am God in the flesh. Think about the pharaohs of the world. Think about the kings of the world. Think about all these people of the world, these governors of the world, and the almighty one who created everything. When he came into this world as man, he never wore a crown. He never wore a robe. As a matter of fact, the, the crown they finally put on his head was crown of thorns, and he was good with that. That's supposed to tell us a whole lot, church. What are we trying to accomplish? What are we running after? Who are we trying to be? What are we allowing pride to do in our life? Look at Jesus. He didn't allow that. We can't try to accomplish anything in this world doing our own thing and leaving God out of it. Because when you do that, it will not last. If you think you have accomplished something and God was not in it, it's only temporary. If you think you can be good at something and God is not in it, it's only temporary. And so whatever it is that you do in this world, if it's by your strength and your will and your knowledge and God is not into it, it's temporary and sooner or later. Gone. 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 I feel it in here. I feel somebody is trying to do their thing. And God is saying, you let them do their thing. You just do my thing. Because if you do my thing, I'm going to uphold you. If you do my thing, I'm going to sustain you. If you do my thing, you're going to last. If you do my thing, you will be prosperous. But those that will do what they want, they will be destroyed. We can't get to heaven doing our own thing. We can't get to heaven doing what we want, church. I can't say this enough. I can't say this enough. I told him this morning that I wrestle with these thoughts a lot about why God allow me to still be in this world and I didn't die. Or why God allowed me to be in this world and something really bad didn't happen to me. Just when I see people and my heart break. I see people that are struggling and I, my heart break. I want to help. I see people that are hurting and I want to make them not hurt. And just a lot of bad things I've seen in this world I want to help. And sometimes I cry because I can't help. I can't do anything about it. And I'm like, oh God, why am I okay? But they're not. It even bothers me at work. I don't know what this thing is with me. It could be something bad, even though I'm making it like it's, I don't know. It, I don't know. But even at work, 
just having budgets in front of me and numbers in front of me. Sometimes I look at salaries and see the, 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 the big just gap between what some people make and others make. And I'm like, that's not fair. I don't know what to do about it. There's nothing I can do. And sometimes we can chalk it up to, okay, they went to school longer. They have better education. That's cool. But I still look at the numbers and I watch those people and they're all working hard. But the salary is big in difference. And there's nothing you can do about it. But those are the things that sometimes bothers me. I'm like, why am I worrying about this? But it bothers me because I just feel like sometimes, you know, such a disparity between, you know, us, each other. And, and I don't think that's God's intent. I, I just, I think God want us to, to all be in a good place, want us all to live a certain way and want us all to be blessed. But I, I just see it and I'm just like, God, how do we change it? And the only thing that you can do is live the life God has given you and be a light and be a vessel he can work through and love other people. Hear me, church. We need to let the love of God come out of us that when we see these things, we need to make it drive us to love. When we see people that, that, that are struggling, that are going through, we need to go to them and let the love of God come out of us and help them. Look at them in a way to say, how can I show them love? As opposed to just walking by and just looking like, whatever. We can't accomplish anything that's worth accomplishing that will last by doing it man's way. It won't work. As a matter of fact, these people were building this tower to go up unto heaven, and that didn't work because that wasn't God's plan for man. Which brings me to another point that I always tell you about is if all God wanted for man was for them to go to heaven, then guess what? Every time somebody commit their life and give their life to, to God, they will just go to heaven. So if you're still here and you're a child of God, it means God has things for you to do while you're here. And the question is, what are you doing while you're here? Because God left you here as a saved individual because he has things for you to do. If that wasn't the case, you will be walking to heaven or floating to heaven, however you were going to get there. There's only one way to heaven. And it's not by self-reliance. It's not by self-preservation. It's not by pride. It's not by the work of man. Nor is it of by the wisdom of man. You can't be smart enough to get to heaven. It's not your intelligence that will get you to heaven. Because you're smarter than me don't mean you get to heaven and I don't. That's why I love God. That's why I worry about everybody. Because I know we like to flex when we're better than someone. We like to flex when things are better for us than the other person. But I love God and I love his kingdom because we're all on equal footing. Our wisdom can't get us to heaven. Your talent can't get you to heaven. Your pride won't get you to heaven. Your self-preservation won't get you to heaven. Your self-reliance will not get you to heaven. There's only one way to get to heaven. 
John 14 and 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also, and whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The only way to get to heaven wing and obey in Jesus. There is no other way to get to heaven. You can't be creative enough to get to heaven. You can't be smart enough to get to heaven. You can't be wise enough to get to heaven. You can't have ability enough to get to heaven. The only way to get to heaven for you. The only way to get to heaven for me. The only way to get to heaven for everybody is by following and obeying Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other way. And we can have many conversations with many people and we like to say, well, I don't see how. When I hear that, sometimes I just want to disappear. Whenever I hear Christians say, I don't see how, I just want to disappear. Because in my mind, I'm saying, it's not about how you see it. It doesn't matter how you see it. Because you can see it the way you see it, and that's not getting you into heaven. It's how he sees it. It's how he sees it. That's what we're supposed to say. Well, the way Jesus say it, the way Jesus directed, that's how we're supposed to see it. Not the way we see it. The only way to get to heaven is by following and obeying Jesus. You ready for this? Let me scare you a little bit. Matthew 7 and 13, enter ye at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be which go in thereat. Go ahead and follow everybody. Go ahead and do what everybody's doing. What everybody doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, let me do that. Go ahead and do what everybody else is doing. That's the wide gate. Go ahead and go ahead and do what everybody else is doing. Match your bucket list up with everybody else's bucket list. Oh, that's what you're doing? Yeah, 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 I need to do that too. Oh, that's where you're going? Oh, yeah, 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 I need to go there too. Wide is that gate. Where we all trying to do the same thing. But verse 14 says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. You still want to go and do what everybody else is doing? You still want to do the popular thing? Because usually what Jesus commands us to do, it ain't popular. Usually what God says we got to do, it ain't popular. Do you still want to do that? Because what he normally tell us is unpopular, which makes it straight and narrow. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Now that sounds scary, Brother D, because the Bible says 
few there be that find it. Well, here is something that I need to let you know. You don't have to go around looking for that little gate. You don't have to go around looking for that narrow way. You don't have to go look and say, how in the world am I going to get to heaven? I can't find the gate. How in the world am I going to get to heaven? Where's the narrow way? Hey, yo, anybody see the narrow way? And they all just going through the broad gate and you looking for, where's the narrow? The narrow gate, the straight gate is Jesus. He says, I am the door. (laughs) I'm the one that's holding the gate. When you find Jesus, you have found the narrow gate. When you found Jesus, you have found the straight way. And so that's why I told you, don't despise what God tells you that goes against what you like. Because that's the straight way. That's the narrow gate. That's the way we got to go. If we're going to go to heaven, there's no other way to get there but by Jesus we've been hearing about heaven for a long time and it sounds good and we by our words have put people into heaven but the truth of the matter is I can't put you into heaven the truth of the matter is the preacher down the street can't put you in heaven the truth of the matter is your great grandmom can't put you into heaven the truth of the matter is your uncle can't put you into heaven nobody can get you into heaven but Jesus that's the only one that can get you into heaven he says he is the way there's nobody else to get you in there The preacher can't get you there. The preacher can point you to Jesus, but you're going to have to go to Jesus. We can't put nobody in heaven. We can make it sound pretty all we want. One of the worst things I think that's going to happen to a man or a woman that's ever been born is living on this earth and believing a lie that they're going to heaven. And when they wake up out of their dead and they realize they're not in heaven, but they're in hell, that's going to be one of the worst time or worst situation for anybody that they're going to wake up, open their eyes and realize all these years I thought I was going to heaven. This place sure enough is not heaven. And they're going to be so despondent and so distraught because all their life they're believing they're going to heaven and they didn't. I'm telling you this. It's not going to be because you didn't know. It's going to be because you want what you want. Because God is very good to us. God is very merciful. God is gracious. And God will always give you opportunities upon opportunities. Let me show you I'm going to close down a second here. Let me show you a whole lot of grace and mercy of God. When Adam and Eve sinned, God should have killed them and start over creation. Because he said the soul that sinned shall surely die. He should have killed them and just start over with a new man and a new woman. But he made a way. When those people decided they were going to build a tower up to heaven, He should just wipe them off and start over again too. 
But guess what he did? We, didn't, we don't even see grace. You got to see God's grace. You got to see it all over the, the, the book. What he did was, I'm going to do something that will still make you do what I want you to do. Instead of him just saying, I'm sick of y'all. Every time I turn around, y'all doing something opposite of what I told you to do. I'm sick of you. He could have did that. He said, you know what? Let me confound their language so they don't understand one another. So they start getting frustrated with one another. And that way they will start to scatter all over the place. And they will fulfill my purpose, my plan that I originally set out to accomplish. So instead of him just being frustrated and just wiping them off, he gave them another opportunity to do the right thing. That's so that's over the Bible so much that God's grace, God's mercy is I'll give you another chance. I'll give you another chance. I'll give you another chance. And I'll give, so nobody will end up in hell because God didn't give them enough chance. If we don't make it to heaven, it's because we just rejected. We rebelled. We just just wanted to do what we wanted to do. And that is what will keep us out of heaven. It won't be because God didn't give us enough opportunity. When we find Jesus, we have found the straight way. We cannot get to heaven without Jesus. He is the way. There is no other way. There is no man-made way that can get you there. And it's only by Jesus who is the almighty God incarnate. There's no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way. And so I bring this thing to a close. First Thessalonians. Verse four. Highlight this in your book in, in in wherever you are. You need to make note of this. This is called the catching away of the church for the seasoned Christians. They call it the rapture. But this is how Christians will leave this earth. This is how Christians will leave this earth to go to heaven. This is how Christians will leave. Now, you can be one of those ones that did like the people did in Noah's time. Noah preached for 120 years it was going to rain. And they said, this crazy old man, why don't he take his family and go someplace? Talking about it's going to rain because it never rained ever. And so he kept preaching, it's going to rain, it's going to rain. Seek Jesus because it's going to rain. And they would just walk by and look at him like, you fool. And they were just partying and having a good time. And then Noah started, you know, getting the wood together to build this ark and start getting it together. Now his sons is helping him. You know, his wife is helping him. His daughter-in-law is helping him. And so now they're all, all eight of them are putting this ark together and they're building and everything like that. It's going to rain. And they're just crazy old man. That's all they're saying. Crazy old man. Well, don't you read this and say, see, that, that's where I draw the line. Bible crazy. That, 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 that's how we do. We come up with some stuff. That we, we, we believe, we believe, we believe, and then we come up to some stuff in the Bible that says, now that, I don't know about. Okay. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 
Verse number 13 says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. You hear that? Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Now, if you read your Bible, you know it real good. You know the Lord ascended to heaven in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 1, verse 8 through 11. Go read that and you'll see the Lord had ascended. When he left this earth, he ascended. He just started just, just going up in the sky. So he ascended and this time he's going to descend, right? And so the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. Watch this. Don't miss it. And the dead in Christ. Not the dead. Not the dead. The dead in Christ. What we've seen a lot is we think everybody that died will go to heaven. The Bible says the dead in Christ, not the dead go to, the dead in Christ shall rise first. So it's not everybody that die will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, watch this, if the dead in Christ will rise first, then we which are alive and remain, we better be in Christ too, right? Because it don't make sense that the dead in Christ rise and then we that are not in Christ rise. That, that would just be a mess. So if the dead in Christ rise, then we that are in Christ will rise as well. So then we which are alive, we which are in Christ, are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. It's only they that are in Christ that will go to heaven. And those who are in Christ will Jesus bring with him to heaven. Jesus will only bring those that are in him. This is why it's important to be in Christ because you can only make it to heaven if you're in him. We have to be in Christ, which means we must be baptized into Christ and baptized with Christ's spirit. Galatians 3, 27 says, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Romans 8, 11 says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. If the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, if the spirit that raised up Jesus, Rosalie, from the dead dwells in you. Because you got to realize, how does a plane get to the sky? Engine. 
How does birds get into the sky? Wing. You know how we get into heaven? The Spirit of God. <laughs> the power of the Holy Ghost will be the engine, will be what lifts us out of this earth to meet him in the air. If we're not baptized in his name in water and we're not baptized with his spirit, we can't make it to heaven. This is what Jesus called. You must be born again. There's only one way. There's only one way to heaven. There's not two or three ways. There are not five or six ways. There's only one way to heaven. There is only one way to heaven. And that's by Jesus Christ, who is almighty God incarnate. Oh, somebody hear me today. Can I tell you this? There's no place like heaven. Do you know that? No place can compare to heaven. The greatest place you can ever think of in your mind. It is not better than heaven. There's no place like heaven. There's no place like heaven. Can I tell you there's no place like heaven? It is a place to be much desired and sought after. Heaven is better than the best place you can think of. Heaven is so great that the Bible tells us to rejoice and be exceeding glad in heaven. Listen. This is what Matthew 5 and 12 says. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. Church, if you plan to go to heaven, you ought to rejoice and be exceeding glad. If you plan to go to heaven, you ought to be excited. You ought to be joyous and say, God, I am ready. God, I look forward to going to heaven. Come on, stand up with me. Listen, we ought to be grateful that we're going to heaven. I told you, I try not to be a hypocrite in every way that I can. When I'm ready to go on vacation, I always pick a good vacation. One time I said to my wife, I said, you want to work on vacation? She said, you crazy? No, you keep working on vacation. Because she knows she don't have nothing to worry about when we do vacation because I'm going to make sure it's really good. And once I tell them where vacation is and what we're doing, man, suitcases be packed. I mean, people start planning. I mean, we love good vacations in my house. And when we plan a good vacation, everybody is ready. The other day, um, we planned a vacation for December, right? So listen. So my daughter was in my room in, in the safe where we keep our documents. She wouldn't look at her passport. Because we're supposed to go somewhere in December. She pulled it out. She's looking at her passport. And I just happened to glimpse over. I said, oh, snap. Your passport expired May 2022. And we plan to travel December. And normally they tell you six months before, you, you don't want to, you know, you want to make sure your passport is older than six months before. And I'm like, oh, snap. I said, we got to get you guys' passport renewed. Because, they, you know, they got the baby picture passport, so they want to get the grown-up picture. So, man, we move and shake and got going. 
And guess what? In no time, we were getting the passports sent off to get them renewed and get them expedited. But the point of the story is this. Everybody gets ready for their vacation. Everybody's all getting ready. Is the passports ready? Everybody's starting to think, are we going to someplace cold or someplace hot? Okay, let's get this ready. Everybody's thinking about everything. And the more closer we get to the vacation, we talk about it. What we're going to do? What's the plans? You know, the littlest one we're going to talk about. Dad, just you and I will go to this restaurant this night. Dad, you and I will do this. He planning just for me and him. Yeah, let's go to the place where we do the ramen, Dad. Just me and you. Everybody get excited. But that vacation don't have nothing on heaven. I don't care how good that vacation sounds. I don't care what we're going to do on that vacation. That vacation cannot touch heaven. I don't care how great it's going to be. I don't care if we go to our best restaurants. We go to the best beaches in the world. It can't top heaven. And if we put that kind of effort to go on a vacation. If we put that kind of effort in, in, in preparing to go on a nice vacation, what kind of effort should we be putting in going to heaven? We're flying out in December. We're in August. We were in July at the time they started checking passports out. July, December. And they're checking stuff out. And that's not just my kids. All of you. When you got a great vacation set up, you making buku plans. You making sure everything is in order. Guess what? If the Lord willing, we're going to come back in seven days from that vacation and back to normal and all that planning and all that stuff that we did. Great. But we're back. The seven days is gone. Vacation is over. When you get to heaven, it's not like that. You ain't coming back to this world the way it is. You ain't never got to worry about all the stuff that's in this world. When you made that flight to heaven, it's not going to be like anything else. Woo! Woo! I feel it in my heart that we got to prepare for heaven. I feel it in my spirit that we got to prepare ourselves for heaven. We got to realize this journey that we're on, it has a destination. We're not going to keep on moving and moving and going and never come to a stop. A oh, yes, we will. We're going to come to a destination at some point. We had our ups our downs. We had all kind of stuff on this journey. But one day this journey will end and it will end in the rapture. It will end on the day of the great catching away. So all that we're doing all that we're doing when we come and we clap, when we come and we worship, when we come and we sing when we come and we jump and we rejoice we gotta remember we're doing it because we're going to heaven. We're doing it because there is a destination. It's called heaven. Whew. Whatever. Listen to me, church. Whatever it costs you to get to heaven is worth it. I don't care how hard it is sometimes. I don't care if you got to look bad sometimes. I don't care if telling the truth hurts. I don't care if doing the right thing make you feel like an outcast. I don't care whatever it is. Whatever it costs you, you need to do it because it's worth it. It's worth it. As a matter of fact, I said in my own words that when you get to heaven, you will realize whatever you went through, it was a bargain. 
Romans 8 and 18 says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. What we will experience in heaven, all the trinkets and all the struggles and all the disappointments and all the pain and all the hurt and even all of the great vacations and even all the wonderful things, it still cannot compare with what you will receive when you get to heaven. Oh my God, in heaven there will be no more tears. God will wipe away your tears. No more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain, no more curse, no more night, no more need for sun nor moon nor stars. God will be the light in heaven. In heaven there will be no hospitals. Did you know that in heaven there will be no prisons, no nursing homes, no mental institutions, no psychiatrists, no physical therapy places, no marriage counseling, no divorces, no foster care, no abortion, no rioting, no wars, no accidents, no death, no pain, no sorrow, no grief, no fighting, no lying, no stealing, no cheating, no immorality, no alcoholism, no addiction, no sin, no dieting. And we will never be tired. We will never get weary because we will have a body that will not be weary. We will have a body that will not be tired. We will not have to worry about being tired when we get to heaven. And you know what's the best thing about heaven? Jesus will be there. Jesus will be there. You will see him as he is. You will get to see the Lord face to face when you get to heaven. You will be able to have a face to face conversation with your God. You will be able to be in his presence always. Oh, God, when we get to heaven, we will get to see the Savior. We will get to meet this meek and humble Savior. We will get to be in front of the caring one. Ooh. Is there anyone here who really wants to go to heaven today? I don't know about you. I really want to go to heaven. I really want to go to heaven. I don't care what's going on around me. I will deal with it. I will endure. I will work through it. I will get through it. Guess what? You need to tell somebody you're going to get through it. We need to start telling each other you're going to get through it because we got to make heaven our home, Tony. We got to get through it. We got to get through it. I don't care what you're going through. Let's get through it because heaven is worth it. Let them be crazy. Let them talk about us. Let them mistreat us. Let them attack us. But the bottom line is, heaven is worth it. I will endure attack. I will endure mistreatment. I will endure hurt. I will endure pain because heaven is worth it. Heaven is worth it. <laughs> heaven is worth it. We got to endure it. I don't care what we're going through. I will not complain because what is before me is greater than where I am today. I can't even express to you, you're going to get a crown when you get to heaven. I would really like to, for God to tell us. It won't matter when we get there, but I would love to know it now. Cheryl, I would like to know how much your crown is worth in this world. 
That's how my brain works. I really want to know, because all of us will get a crown when we get there. I want to know how much is that crown worth in this world? What is it? Million, billions? What, what, what is it? Is it in the millions or the billions? I, I, whatever, trillions? My point is, we're dying and going crazy and scrapping and clawing to make a living and to make money. And the crown we get in heaven. Ooh, God help us. Oh, man. Church, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it to press your way through. It's worth it to give everything you've got. It's worth it to even give your life for it. Let's worship the Lord today. Oh, God, we worship you. We want heaven to be our home. We want to make heaven our home. We want to make it to heaven, Lord God. And Lord, I pray today that the word of God will marinate, will percolate, will stir in the heart and the mind of your people that we will never be the same again. Remembering, Lord God, why we do what we do. Remembering, Almighty God, that you have prepared a place called heaven. And there's coming a day, the rapture, where you will come and receive us unto yourself. Lord, we want to make that trip. We want to make that trip. I pray for each and every person in this room. Each and every person that have joined us live stream, Lord God, I pray that you will move on their heart in such a way that, Lord, they will embrace heaven, this journey that they're on, that they will follow you, that they will obey you, that they will love you, that they will trust you, knowing, Lord God, that you will never leave them, knowing, Almighty God, that you have prepared a place they cannot even imagine. A place, Lord God, where we can bask in your glory, where we can bask in your presence, where there will be no more dying, where there will be no more sorrow, and no more pain, and no more death. Oh, God, that place called heaven that you have prepared for us. I pray that this church, I pray that your people in the earth will embrace it and begin, Lord God, to strive to make that place called heaven. We'll strive to make that place called heaven. We'll live to make that place called heaven our destination. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, have your way today, Lord God. Have your way today, Lord God. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We thank you today, Lord, for you are God all by yourself, and it is you that made us not we ourselves. We will follow you, Lord. We will follow you, Lord. We will obey you, Lord. We will love you, Lord, because we want to be where you are. We want to be where you are, for heaven is your throne. Earth is your footstool. And, oh, God, we want to be with you. We want to be with you. We want to be with you, Lord God. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, we want to be with you. Oh, Jesus, we want to be with you, Lord God. Oh, God, we want to be in your presence. We want to feel your touch. We want to be at your feet. We will worship you. We will adore you and love you, oh, God. Oh, yes, Lord God, have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, somebody needs to just love God today. Just love him. 
honor him, adore him, praise him, thank him, worship him, lift up his name, let him know how much you're grateful, let him know how much you're thankful, oh yes Lord, we're thankful, we're grateful, oh yes Lord God, we thank you for loving us, oh, oh hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's praise the Lord. Listen to me. If you're here today, whether you're online or you're here present, you don't want to miss heaven. And if you haven't given your life to the Lord today, if you haven't surrendered to him, if you have not been born again of the water and of the spirit, you can do so. And you can prepare yourself to make this flight to make this trip out of here and go to that place called heaven. Is there anyone today that want to be in heaven, that want to give their life to Jesus to make it into heaven? Is there anyone? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you today for your word. Bless your people, Lord God. Give them the strength that they need, oh God, to continue to endure to the end. I pray, Lord, that as we go from this place, you will keep your hand upon us. And that, Lord, no harm, no danger will come to us. But more than anything else, that we will persevere. That we will trust in the Lord with all of our heart. That we will be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable, and always abound in the word of God. Oh, Father, I pray today that you are God and lead us. We love you. We thank you today as we give you praise and honor. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. God bless you, church. I love you, church. I love you. Let's go to heaven together. Let's go to heaven together. Let's get the, let's let's be in the rapture together and get out of here in Jesus name.
Seasons changing here. 